Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Did you know that last year in Campbell River, 27 people died from toxic drugs? Campbell River, 27 people. That is a shockingly high number for a small-ish community. Health workers say they need more help. They need more detox, more treatment, more everything to help pull people out of this crisis. Now, as part of the harm reduction efforts, they will also see small amounts of drug criminalized as all of BC is undergoing this three-year pilot project. And so Campbell River City Council has also decided that they they need to do a little more too. Councillors there have passed a bylaw banning the use of drugs on all public property. So let's talk about why they felt they needed to do this. Ben Lanyon is a councillor in Campbell River and joins us now to talk more about it. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you, Simi. Appreciate it. What brought this about, the idea that to, to put this bylaw into place? Um, so the uh, it, it was actually suggested to us to consider it by the RCMP for, for various reasons that they have. Um, I, I have my own personal reasons, which I'm happy to get into as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it appeared necessary. Um, I, I actually, if you don't mind, I could uh, put it in the form of a story. Sure, <laughs> but, absolutely. Uh, it's the story of Portugal. Um and I think a lot of people actually don't know much about the history of Portugal and how their current system got into place. Um, in, uh, in 1933, Salazar came into power there and, and ran a dictatorship. So he died in 1968. And then his, his dictatorship collapsed about six years after that in 1974. Um, and during, during his rule, uh, the country had poor economics and very low education. Uh, low education was to keep the population docile. Um, after, after the collapse, uh, borders opened, uh, drugs flowed in freely, and by the 1980s, um, I understand that about one in 100 people were addicted to heroin, and one in 10 had some sort of dependency or relationship with what we call hard drugs. Um, their um, crime rates were, were really high, um, HIV rates were skyrocketing, and every, every family had somebody who had died or, or was currently involved with, with, uh, with drugs. Um, but slowly, over about a 20-year period, a grassroots movement came in, and they encouraged the government to decriminalize drugs. Um, and then they actually faced a lot of criticism for that at the time, because it was, as far as I know, they were the first place to actually do that. Um, the, uh, but you know, along with that decriminalization, they had a, a certain firmness to it as well. Um, so in 2001, Portugal fully decriminalized um, and the current policies began. Um, and, and I think it helps to, to draw comparisons to where BC is at right now. Um, so we both have decriminalization. Um, we both have harm reduction. But Portugal, and this is a key difference, which you actually mentioned in your introduction, um, they, have, they have a lot of treatment beds and detox. Um, and BC has not had an increase in the number of treatment beds since 2016, despite the sharp increase in drug use and overdoses. What's um, that so, done in a place like Campbell River? Uh, what's that done? Yeah, the, like on the ground. Like I, I, my office is right downtown in the in the center of it all, and I, I personally have seen so so much increase in in public drug use. You know, there's been a de facto um, stoppage in in uh, like 
drug enforcement with the RCMP. Um, so it's 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 quite noticeable. We've had I think there was one weekend where we had seven break-ins, like broken glass in businesses. Um, so it's been very rough on on the general population here. Okay, and is that why when this bylaw was suggested or when this wording was suggested from the RCMP, you thought, okay, this might be a good idea? Uh, yeah, although it's it's more definitely more than that. Um, like it, there's there's actually a compassionate angle to it that I think people miss, um, and and mainly people who don't understand the uh, like how the Portugal model actually works. Um, and I, I think the big question is if if you have more treatment beds, how do you actually get people into treatment? Um, so Portugal's system, uh, when a person is is uh, found with possession of drugs under a 10-day supply, they're brought before what's called a commission of drug dissuasion, which is made up of a legal professional, a health professional, and a social work professional. Um, in, the, in, in the first instance, um, if their case is deemed to be non-problematic, which is the vast majority of the time, their case is suspended, there's no fine, they're just encouraged to not do that again. Um, but as, as they come before that commission more and more and problematic trends are identified, then the, um, the commission can recommend uh, brief, like non-mandatory intervention right. and counseling. And then if that continues even more and there's problematic behavior, and, in, and that would be defined as uh, like a high-risk case. And I, I would say any, any hard drug user now is a high-risk case because of fentanyl um, or dependency, i.e. addiction then they're referred to specialized treatment services. And in, some, in, in a lot of cases, it's actually mandatory medical treatment. Um, so that, we're missing that whole last piece in BC. We, so, we focused entirely on harm reduction, but not on treatment. I think, Ben, a lot of people would agree with you on that. But I guess what I'm curious is, what is the link between that, then missing that treatment, and then a bylaw that says you, you can't do any of this in public? Do you think, how, how's yeah. that going to help? Yes. So, so the like w- what we're able to do as a municipality is very little, um, but we're doing the piece, which is the dissuasion piece. The the like in in Portugal, public drug use is not allowed, and it's not encouraged, and it's in no way seen as reducing stigma. Like we're being told, the stigma reduction that comes from the Portugal system is the absence of criminal charges, and criminal charges when you have them for for drug possession or use. That hurts your future educational and, and work opportunity. So, it, 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 this bylaw is defended by the Portugal model, which is you do not encourage it. In fact, you dissuade it using commissions of drug dissuasion, as they're called. Okay, so and how then, is how is this going to work then? So, is it a, a bylaw? I know the wording changed a little bit, right? Yeah, it was it was just an administrative change of words within the same sentence. But yes, just so that it met the definitions within the criminal code. Okay, and so how is council hoping that this will work then? Uh, so the the actual in practice, um, there's a $200 fine, which everybody knows is not going to be paid and probably will not be levied against people who are using in public. But what it does is it opens the opportunity for RCMP to to come discuss with the with the user, and then at their discretion, they can confiscate and remove that person from the area that complained. So it just simply gives a tool to the RCMP and to the public, which, in my opinion reduces stigma because it reduces fear. And so when when will this go into effect? And do you do you want it to be put into effect sort of so that you can deal with what you see, like looking outside your office now? Uh, well, it's in effect now. And I, I know some people who have already called and the RCMP have responded. And I'm not aware of any fines. So it's there, there's a lot of uh, like um, inflammatory language coming at us and, and criticism of this. 
but those are, that's from people who, who do not understand. Like they, they haven't taken the time to look at a model that works. Right. Like this isn't supposed to be a free for all. No, it's not. It's not whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it. That, that won't work. That will increase stigma, not reduce it. All right. So is there um, a plan then, counselor, for like kind of revisiting this and seeing how it's working and, and what's been going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're like, the, you know, our council's wide open to new information that we might have missed. Um, but it, it will give it some time and, and, you know, see how the public appreciates it and what effect it's having. And I think, honestly, it's good to have a control group in any kind of study. And I think BC is undergoing a bit of an experiment right now. And, and if we don't have a control group, how can you make comparisons? This is really interesting. And I look forward to talking to you more about it and find out how it's going. Uh, so thanks for being with us this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. No problem. Ben Lanyon is a Campbell River City Councillor talking about the bylaw that they've put into place there that essentially bans public drug use. And as you heard them say, they put a lot of thought into it, and they have been getting some criticism, so we wanted to hear what their thinking was behind it, and you heard it there. So they're saying this is not a free-for-all. Yes, they understand small amounts of drugs are being decriminalized, but there have to be other things that go along with that. So we will actually follow this along, see how that goes in Campbell River, because clearly they needed to do something. 27 deaths in that small community in one year, which is what happened last year, is just a shockingly high number, and they do not want to see that happen again.